Welcome to the Courage to Change with Karen podcast, where we delve into the heart of addiction recovery and share stories of triumph over adversity. I'm your host, Karen Gardner, your experienced guide in addiction recovery, providing support for the families impacted by addiction. Before we get started today, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with someone else who may be struggling? It would be very helpful to get it out there to everyone. And if you have a second, go ahead and give it a review. I'd love to hear what you think. Welcome to episode three of Courage to Change with Karen podcast. I am Karen Gardner, and I support families suffering from addiction. Today's reading is going to be January 5th, January 5th, out of the Courage to Change book, (laughs) if you didn't know. Okay, January 5th. I was terribly confused about the meaning of compassion when I came to Al-Anon. I thought it meant making excuses for the alcoholic or covering bad checks. Al-Anon helped me to find another word for this behavior, enabling. I learned that when I cleaned up the consequences of alcoholic behavior, I enabled the alcoholic to continue drinking comfortably and acting out without having to pay the price. Boy, that's powerful. I'm going to read that again. Listen, if you are multitasking, try to listen for a second. I learned that when I cleaned up the consequences of alcoholic behavior, I enabled the alcoholic to continue drinking comfortably and acting out without having to pay a price. A more compassionate way to respond to those I love might be to allow them to face the consequences of their actions, even when it will cause them pain. How do I know whether a particular action is enabling? See, that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you know whether a particular action is enabling? While this is not always clear, I find it helpful to carefully look at my motives. Am I trying to interfere with the natural consequences of a loved one's choice? Am I trying to do something that they could do for themselves? Am I doing what I think is best for me? Do I resent what I'm doing? If so, is it really a loving choice? Sometimes the most compassionate thing I can do is to let others take responsibility for their behavior. Today's reminder. Today I will remember that I have choices and so does the alcoholic. I will make the best choices I can and allow others in my life to do the same without interference. Great reading. The problem is, is how do you discern if you're being compassionate or enabling? Very hard. You know, this morning when I was, uh, I was getting up and I was thinking about recording today and I, I thought, you know, I just, I really, I really want this to reach the person that it needs to go to today. Kind of sent that out in my universe. You know, I'm not looking to reach thousands and thousands of people. I'm looking to reach that one person that one person who has lost hope, who is cornered by alcoholism and addiction, who doesn't know what to do. They have tried everything. They are at their wits end. They can't take it anymore. And they feel too guilty and fearful, terrified 
to abandon the alcoholic addict. That's a tough place to be. You know, I have been there. I, I don't want to give up and yet I just can't fucking do it anymore. Excuse my language. So I hope that this is finding that person today. If it's you, stick close. I have a lot of great information, support, and love for you. So let's get into this compassion versus enabling. It can be complicated. You know, I, I there was a reading. I don't know if it was Encouraged to Change or some book I was reading. If it was Encouraged to Change, we're going to probably read it in the next few months. But um, this woman was married to an alcoholic addict and he, he'd come to bed and every night he'd be so drunk he'd get in bed and he'd fall out of bed in the middle of the night. And she'd get up and she'd get him up into bed and cover him back up. And she started going to Al-Anon and she decided, I am not doing that anymore. <laughs> I am not doing it. So he fell out of bed and she just left him there. And she got to go to the bathroom and just stepped over, <laughs> stepped over him. And uh, later she went to a meeting and she was sharing that, you know, what she'd done, how great she was. And someone said, well, maybe you know, you could have some compassion and just throw a blanket on the guy, you know? And so the next time he fell out of bed, uh, she didn't get him into bed, but she did give him a blanket. And, and that's a little nuance of a subtle nuance of the difference between enabling and compassion. And for me, I am not a subtle nuance kind of gal. I am black or white. Uh, I am either going to help you until you resent me or I'm not going to help you at all. Uh, but this in-between is very blurry for me. This gray area, compassion, tolerance, while keeping my own boundaries. Very, very difficult because I, I don't really know. I don't have that gene. I don't have that gene. I'm a takeover gal. I'm going to help you, damn it. And uh, problem is, uh, people resent me for it. You know, I, it, my loved ones end up like, it's very disrespectful to help someone that could be doing it themselves. And they may seem like, well, they really like it, but then later they're going to resent you for it. And then if you don't do enough, you know, the problem with not doing enough is if something happens... You, you don't want to be beating yourself up that you should have done more, right? That's the problem. You got to know you tried everything you could without over trying. Very hard. It's like a little tightrope back. So let's talk about it. I'm going to give you five key ways to discern if it's compassion or enabling. Kind of like I said in that reading, right? They give you like those little uh, questions at the end. So the first one is assessment of consequences, right? If you're repeatedly protecting someone from the negative consequences of their addiction, you know, that's enabling. Like you're paying their bills, you're lying to cover up for them. You're doing all those kind of things. That's enabling, right? Compassion 
is more allowing someone to face the natural consequences of their actions. So I'll give you an example, okay? Now, if you're driving, you're jogging, you're on the treadmill, whatever, multitasking, this is gonna be a lot of information and I'm gonna I'm gonna go over these five points and give you explanations for them, which I really like explanations. Or I'm sorry, not explanations, examples. I love examples. Uh, kind of like that one I gave you about the woman with the guy who fell out of bed. I mean, those examples are much easier for me. I'm very visual. So what I've done is I put together a free little bonus gift today. I put together the notes for this podcast. And you will find the link in the uh, show notes. And that way, if you're driving or doing something else, you can just go and pull this up and reread it. If you want to print it and utilize it. I've also have on here some little questions. So like a little interactive worksheet. So you can actually apply these five keys into your life. You can really embrace this episode and utilize the information in it. Okay. So that's in the show notes if you want it. Um, an example, an example of enabling would be, let's say that there's this couple, uh, John and Mary, and they're married and Mary is drinking and on prescription pills. So Mary crashes their car while she's drinking and Quickly, John paid for the repairs, told the insurance company it was a hit and run. Uh, he believed he was protecting her, but he was preventing her from facing the real consequences and actions. So he, he jumps in, right? She calls and says, oh my God, I crashed the car. And he says, okay, no problem. He fixes the car, doesn't report it to insurance, uh, it cleans up the whole mess, so that she does not get a DUI or increased rates, right, on their insurance. And a com more compassionate way he could have done that was he could have, you know, talked to her and said, <laughs> we're going to need to get an attorney, you know. We're going to need to get an attorney, and it's going to look better if you're going to treatment, um, you know, because you're, you're probably going to, you're going to get a DUI. You're going to get a felony, maybe. Uh, lose your license, you know? So, you know, what What should we do? I, I guess we should get an attorney. You know, kind of compassionately walking her through her own consequences versus making the consequences go away, right? So that's, that's a good example. I like that one. And then... Um, Another way you can tell, another big one is what your what are your intentions when you're trying to help someone? Why are you trying to help them? Is it because you're afraid? Are you afraid that your rates will go up? Are you afraid that they're going to, you know, what is it? Why do you want to help so bad? You don't want people to know you're trying to protect the kids. You know, what, what is the, what's the underlying reason? I mean, that's really hard. That takes a real, that takes some honesty 
sometimes, and I'll just be honest with you, sometimes I helped just because it was easier for me. It'd just be easier if I just took care of it. Um, very selfish, but that's, that's the truth, you know. And I don't want, you know, I don't want things to be more expensive. I don't want, if, if somebody loses their license, then who's going to get the groceries? Who's going to, everything's going to fall on me, right? So it's really important to think about why am I so desperate to help here? The other thing you can look at to see if it's enabling or compassion is how many times have you done this? What are the patterns of behavior here? Right? One time, helping somebody one time can be compassionate. But if there's a pattern of bad behavior that is from addiction and alcoholism and you keep cleaning it up, that's a good sign you're enabling. I mean, you are... Uh, there's a pattern, you know, look for the pattern. Is this happening all the time? Every time Mary crashes the car or, uh, breaks her arm or whatever she's doing, right? Are you always cleaning that up? Right? Is that, has this become a pattern of behavior? You're the fixer. <laughs> you know what a fixer is? I think there used to be a show even called the fixer. You go in and fix it, right? You're the cleanup guy. You're the cleaner. Someone, you know, in, in like these terrible movies <laughs> that I love, you know, when they go in and they murder someone, they have someone go in the cleaner afterwards and he cleans the whole crime scene and he gets rid of all evidence and he, he removes fingerprints and any signs that someone was there, right? That's the cleaner. Are you a cleaner? Okay, the fourth way that you can tell if you're enabling or compassionate, being compassionate, is boundaries. Do you have boundaries? You know, a lot of times enablers have non-existent boundaries. And it just, you know, the, the Mary, let's say Mary, just keeps breaking the promises and, and the rules that they've set up. Like maybe John told her, you know what? When you're drinking, you cannot drive the car. Or when you go to, you know, O'Reilly's or whatever the bar shenanigans, you have to take an Uber home. That's the rule. If you're going to drink like that, that's the rule. And, you know, they just break the rules. They don't care. So that'll tell you, you know, if you're holding your boundaries, you're probably being compassionate. You know, setting and maintaining clear boundaries with someone is protecting the rest of the family. It's protecting you. It's protecting your insurance. It's protecting your car. It's protecting the people driving on the street with her, right? That's compassion, you know, is, is setting up some clear, specific rules and expectations. So, I mean, it's really hard. People, you know, people are like, well, you know, they didn't understand. They didn't know. Yeah, they understand. They know. See, that's the thing about alcoholism. Alcoholics and addicts are really, really good at this. And we will manipulate and, and try to navigate situations to our benefit. And if you are being, 
you know, if you're an enabler, man, they see you coming. I mean, you're like a, you know, a hummingbird feeder and, and hummingbirds are just coming, coming, coming. <laughs> you get rid of one hummingbird and 16 more show up. Well, that's because alcoholics and addicts can spot you a mile away. I mean, you are, you have no boundaries. You are uh, the cleaner and maybe you feel pride about it. You know, I have felt that way before. When I rescue people, I feel needed. I feel, uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird feeling, you know, because then it's like one minute I feel really needed. I feel really loved. And I feel like, oh, God, they can depend on me. And then I get resentful. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's a no-win situation. So once you understand these things about yourself, you can do something. But until, until you really understand, it's just this, you know, it's just this really dark kind of murky water. And I want to say, too, that when you're in it, it's so, everything's so meshed together. It's so hard to be clear. And that's why it's imperative that you sit down with a piece of paper and pen, like leave the house, go to a coffee shop, you know, go out in your car somewhere, park and take a pen and paper and write down, write down this, this, this whole concept. Let's see. I've, I've given you five. The assessment of the consequences. Are you shielding someone from their consequences? Number two. Why? Write it down. Number three, is this a pattern? Has this been going on a long time? Number four, do you have any boundaries set up? Like really clear boundaries. Like when you're in it, it's like, well, oh, I don't know. You know, we talked about a mud diving the car, but you know, it was raining and I, and they couldn't get an Uber. No, it's like, bam. This is the boundary. This is what this is what I I will live with. Right? I this is it. And you write it down and then you say and if they don't do this boundary this is going to happen. Right? Clear. Not if the sun is on the west coast of the northeast, you know, and and uh Leo is rising. <laughs> No, clear cut boundaries, you know, clear cut boundaries for your house. Do you allow people to do drugs in your house? I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying you should. I'm just asking you, do you know, do you and the other people in your house all have the same answer? If there are no drugs and no drug use in my house, write that down period. That's a non-negotiable. That's not a big, it's not a mystery, right? No drugs in my house. No drugs in my car. Some people have no alcohol in their house. Some people have, uh, you know, lights out 10 o'clock, period. No one comes in or out of the house between 10 and 6 or you know, whatever it is, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you, do you know 
I'm asking you, do you know what you do? What are the rules of your house? What are the rules for you personally? I have a rule. Nobody gets to hit me. Ever. Period. I don't get hit. I don't get grabbed. You don't push me. In fact, you don't even touch me. Unless I'm hugging you. Right? I don't let random people come up and grab my arms and shake me. Right? I don't do that. I don't let people I know do that. That's a hard, fast rule. You know what another hard, fast rule of mine is? You don't get to rage at me. I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. Do not rage at me. If you rage at me, I will leave. Now that used to, that seems like, oh, Karen, that's so stupid. You know, who, who is going to let someone rage at them? I used to let people rage at me. I love people so much, man. They'd start screaming at me and yelling at me and I'd stand there and I'd either rage and scream back or I'd cry, beg them to listen to me. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't do that anymore. Nope. I don't allow drugs in my car. Um, I, there's just so many, I can't even tell you what they are that I know. I don't have to write them down anymore. They are who I am, right? I don't like drama. If you've got drama, I'm either going to, you're, you're approaching me because you want help. But if you're at my house and you start creating drama, you have to go, right? I don't do drama. I've done drama before. I don't need it. I don't want it. There's too much drama in this world anyway. Uh, I don't do that. So do you know, I want you to do that. I want you to write down this fifth thing too, when you go to that coffee shop with this list. Again, if you didn't write this down, it's in a PDF in the show notes. Does this action you're taking, if you want to know if it's enabling or if it's compassionate, is it impacting your personal well-being? Is it taking a toll on your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health? How about your financial health? Right? Is it taking a toll on you? Is it taking too much of your time? Are you thinking about it all the time? Are you worrying about it all the time? right? That is, that'll tell you if it's compassionate or enabling. Enabling behavior will take its toll on you in every area of your life. It will beat you down and break you down. And what's so unfortunate is that you think you're helping someone and they will end up hating and resenting you later, right? It's just the, it's just a no-win situation, so these five areas that I have here are just, I think, really great ways to kind of find out what you're doing. What you're, what you're doing is, is, is enabling or compassionate. So print this PDF. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you know, you got to look at the consequences, why you're doing it. Is it a pattern? <laughs> Is it a, do you have any boundaries with it? Are they breaking boundaries? And is it affecting your well-being? 
those are key indications you're on track or off track, right? And I spend my time uh, trying to help people navigate this stuff. That's what I do because it is not easy. And I don't think it should be done alone. I think we have to do it together. So I really want you to, if you can, print that PDF because it's also got like journal prompt questions for each one to really help you dive deep on it. I want you to join the Facebook group for this podcast. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Uh, it's a community of people. We are a community of people who are all trying to move in the right direction. The good news is that the more you do this stuff, the easier it gets. It becomes very clear. You start ex exiting the fog, right? You're lock walking out of a... a movie set with all this fog, right? All this scary fog and you're walking out of the fog and everything's clear. Things start clearing up. Things, because right now what's happening to you is you are in the grips of someone else's addiction and their addiction is not just trying to kill them. It's trying to kill you. And if you realize that the best, most loving way you can help that person is to help yourself, do not do the dance. Do not get in the ring, right, with alcoholism and addiction. It's easier with another group of people, right? It's easier when you're listening to things that are solution-oriented. Get out of the problem and into the solution. I'm so glad you joined me today. Again, please subscribe if you haven't. I'd love to hear any comments you have about the podcast. And contact me if you have questions or concerns. Love you all. Thanks.